Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What do you think of LeBron James potentially having his own podcast? Well, it seems like just that thing where nobody's talking about him. So he has to say something just to give get a little attention. You've summed it up. If you had that much money, why would you go anywhere near a podcast? It's incredible. Podcast network. It's incredible. You see someone achieve the pinnacle of sports, business, pop culture, all the things that we love. And then their answer is to do a podcast. Uh, It kind of makes me sad in a way where it's just like, that's really how you want to be spending your time because literally that would be the last thing on my list. I would go someplace where nobody would bother me. Yeah, 100%. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show presented by the big lead. NBA finals are locked at a game of peace after the Golden State Warriors used yet another remarkable third quarter to dust the Boston Celtics, knotting things up at one as the series shifts back to Boston. You have a sports podcast to listen to, and I'm going to be talking about sports with Stephen Douglas of The Big Lead. We are going to go back and forth with four observations, four things we have learned from the first two games of the NBA Finals. We will discuss that is the format. I want a producing credit on this. Oh, I have a producing credit. What's the number one thing that stood out through two games of the NBA finals that you can confidently say that you know right now? I guess the number one thing that I'm, I'm sure of now uh, is the series of split. We've had two kind of fun but lopsided games in the end. But the one thing that stands out to me is that Draymond Green is the number one pest in the NBA still. It really stands out when he's across the court from Marcus Smart and you're like, Draymond is the most annoying player, Uh, both from his actions, his words, um, the way he is officiated, which we saw last night where they decided not to give him a technical because he had already gotten a technical in a situation where it's just the commonplace is just double technical, but he is infuriating to, uh, root against uh i guess the warriors fans might like it but they they should really just like hide their heads in their palms when he does and gets away with some of the stuff he does let me add to that it really stands out when grant williams thinks he can get on the court and out draymond green draymond green because you see what he's trying to do he's playing the reserve Celtic is trying to come in and 
without Draymond Green, Draymond Green, you simply cannot do it. The man is one of one. And it's not just the things that he does intentionally, which makes it so funny. Because as a longtime observer of Draymond Green at Michigan State, he earned my begrudging respect. I actually didn't really like him when he was a freshman, when he was a sophomore, when he was a junior even. He would bark with Tom Izzo all the time. He would complain about everything. But then he would go and dominate on the court, and you just have to respect him. Like there's, It was annoying, but it was like, this is what a winning player looks like. And even when he's not trying to get under people's skin, he tends to seem to do so because he flops and flails and he's all shins and knees and elbows. And even when he's not hunting for contact, he finds contact. And it's just, he's this vortex of power that sucks you in and forces you to get on his level. I do think you made a great point about the referees protecting him, not giving him a second technical. I didn't think that that was quite fair. We could also mention that he was an all-time moving screen last night, but you see his importance to this team and as spectacular as Steph Curry is, I think that at the core gut level, the Golden State Warriors go as Draymond Green goes. He dominated the game in a lot of ways last night while shooting three times. And how many players in NBA history can you really say that about? Dennis Rodman? Yep. Andre Kirilenko, maybe? I mean, <laughs> the list is pretty small. Well, you, you mentioned Grant Williams getting into it with him. And Williams is he is a he's a fascinating player because he's clearly one of those football players who just like got to be too tall and he he just looks like an overgrown child out there. He's he's kind of fun to watch. For the starters, I mean, Green got Jason Tatum into it and where they were waiting for that side inbounds and they're just like up in each other's chest and you know exactly what's going to happen. The refs keep stepping in to say, knock it off, knock it off, knock it off. And then the ball's finally inbounded and Green just goes flying backwards like he's dodging bullets in the Matrix and the refs fall for it and you know, I mean, what's Tatum thinking? I, it's just how these guys just don't know better to ju- than to just move along, let him, I don't know, but but the refs let him get away with so much. So they think they have to try and do something back, but it, it never works out. It did work out once as he was suspended for game five and the Warriors blew a three to one lead. But having heard him tell it, it doesn't really count because the Warriors weren't full strength because he got himself kicked out. The number one thing that I have learned, and I feel very confident saying for you, me, and everybody watching at home, sure miss Mike Breen, man, badly. Mark Jones has been filling in the first two games as Mike Breen tries to come back from COVID. Just a terrible, bad break for ESPN. This is, you could make the argument that this is their marquee property, um, the NBA finals, and then it gets to the point where you have to go with Jones, who I think, Marshan pointed out he's not their second best NBA announcer. He might be their fourth. And I don't want to dwell on him and I don't want to harp on him. Although the insurrection line in game one threw me for a loop. He oftentimes feels like he is entertaining himself by using a thesaurus. It feels like he is not resonating with the fans at home. And if anything, he's taking them out of the flow of the action because who wants to watch an NBA game 
to look up the definition of superfluous. But Mike Breen last night, as Golden State rained down three-pointers and Jordan Poole made that buzzer beater, it was just another reminder of how many great bangs we were missing out on. And Jones just does not have that in his arsenal. I cannot wait for Breen to get back. And I think it's going to finally start to feel like an NBA Finals because I don't know about you, but it the call has taken me out of the first two games and it hasn't felt like there's the gravity and it just goes to show you there's such a thing as either a big game voice or a voice that has conditioned us all to know that the game is big. Yeah, I mean Jones is he's a he's a fine announcer. You know, he it's it's definitely what his profession should be, but it's just uh, Mike Breen is so good. Like he makes a, a one of those Sunday afternoon regular season games uh, seem elevated. Um, you know, you hear him on Christmas. You hear him all the all the NBA's biggest uh, properties with ESPN, and it's just. Mike Breen, and it's it's funny to say it that way. We're missing out on so many good bangs, but really we are. There were it was Curry and then Pool and then Pool with the buzzer beater, and every one of those would have just it, they just it didn't sound right. It, it, and the missing Mark or Mike Breen was definitely was one of the other things that I had written down. Have you learned a second thing? It's kind of uh, connected to Mike Breen in that uh, COVID is still real apparently to uh to certain people i thought that it was super weird how jeff van gundy was on game one when he sounded the way he did uh clearly symptomatic and then tested positive and then he's already back so i'm kind of i'm i hope mike green's okay i hope he's not uh suffering any uh really bad symptoms i can't wait for him to be back but you know it's i don't think have we had have we lost any players at all for um for covid reasons um we're just doing everything differently uh you know we we've been talking about this for over two years now just the way everyone treats it and it's pretty much business as usual um so yeah i'm i i hope mike green is back quickly um as one of the few people that is still affected by our, our pandemic and I will honestly say that I think when something like this happens, it shows just how much I've kind of accepted things and moved on and not thinking about it. Because it's like when the news comes across, my first reaction as someone who would be categorized as a Corona bro by some people is yeah. that kind of shock, like, oh, really? He's out. He can't broadcast. He just can't do it. Like they're still doing those protocols because it seems like from an other world because in our, I don't know about your everyday life, but it certainly seems like everything has just been like full speed ahead, not even thinking about it. So then when there is this high profile situation of someone not being able to work, it's like, oh yeah, that thing. It's pretty dark. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty clear that those sporting leagues have done whatever they can to ensure that they're going to keep putting their marquee players on the field don't ask too many questions. Look, do you want to know the horrifying truth or do you want to see me hit some dingers? And we are definitely in the hit some dingers stage of things. Uh, the second thing that I've learned is the Golden State Warriors need to figure out how to make the entire game out of the third quarter. 
it, it, they jumped out ahead in game one by outscoring the Celtics by 12 last night. It was 35 to 14. Like it was a college football game. They come out with their hair on fire and I don't know what it is about this, but it's like the rest does them good. The Celtics come out tight. The Warriors, I think a big portion of it is because they're at home and they're feeding off the home energy and they've just got some shots up and maybe the Celtics are restarting the game as the opponent on the road, which is always a bit intimidating. That's my theory about sporting events. And we'll make this a branded segment called Kyle's theory or whatever is that (laughs) essentially an NBA game is two different games. The first half and the second half NHL game is three different games because after each intermission, you're going to come back and it's going to be a totally different story than what was going on. I think it shows too that Steve Kerr can coach a little bit that he can make adjustments. And I think just the power of being there before and knowing how to tinker mid game and put your best foot forward in the second half, right from that opening inbound, the Warriors have really surprised me in a way at how dominant they look in the third quarter, but maybe I shouldn't be surprised because you can see it when this team gets hot, when they're making threes, you kind of wonder like after something like last night happens and they don't blow it in the fourth quarter, I'm sitting here after two games thinking like, well, how does Golden State ever lose? You know what I mean? Like, was game one the fluke or was game two the fluke? And I guess we'll figure that out, figure that out going forward. But I do think that if there's one takeaway for the Warriors is they are always going to have at least a quarter and a half of good basketball. They're never going to get embarrassed. They were embarrassed one time in the playoffs at Memphis, and it didn't matter. But the third quarter, very good for the Warriors. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it ha- it must be Kerr doing something, making some kind of adjustment after seeing. But I mean, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he come out? Why can't they come out really, really good uh, in the first half? But I guess that's because Adoka or whoever they're playing uh, also has their number one plan going in the first half. So uh, the Warriors just need to see what it is for 24 minutes and then make some kind of adjustment and then. Stephen Curry and Jordan Poole start hitting 40 footers and suddenly you look like a genius. I think that's one of the, one of the big things that have, I've really come to understand in the playoffs uh, uh, as a whole is that no lead, no early lead is safe. Like somebody asked on Twitter, how, what, what lead would you be comfortable with calling a game in the first quarter? And I think it would literally have to be like 50 to nothing. Because the way that every single team has guys that can shoot now, no lead is truly safe. So you've got to take a big lead against the Warriors in the second quarter. And then weather the third quarter by having them only take a lead by less than 10. And then go back to being awesome in the fourth. Uh, it's it's tough. But I, I think that I, I just hope that we don't have another series where every game turns into a blowout. Uh, the first game seemed, was really fun and close for most of it until uh, the Celtics pulled away in the fourth. 
and then it looked kind of like a blowout. So I just hope that both these teams start playing well at the same time. Because like last night, it ended up, uh, you're like, oh my God, the Warriors shut the lights out, but they were the exact same numbers from three as the Celtics when it was all done. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I kind of think this series goes, and the one thing to look for is if Golden State turns the ball over. If Golden State doesn't turn the ball over and shoots reasonably well from three, they'll win. If they turn the ball over and they have off shooting, they'll lose. It's as simple as that. Uh, but I, I think the Celtics, the same thing can be said for them because uh, they're they're a very talented team, very good team. So uh, I guess it comes down to if Tatum's healthy and Marcus Smart is one of the people actually uh, making baskets. Did you find time to write down a third thing that you've learned so far? Uh, Yes, I did have a third thing. Uh, This was that, well, we we like to laugh or complain or roll our eyes about like the the stupid sports talk debates that that doesn't mean that they're wrong for having them. And Draymond Green is really the one to uh, to prove that even players are not above this. What's going on with him, and Kevin Durant, right now? Where it's basically the bus driver conversation again, which was started by former players on TNT. But like he's him and him and Durant were going back and forth on Twitter because Draymond said that even when when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors, Stephen Curry was getting the majority of the double teams. And Kevin Durant's like, well, that's not now, not how I saw it. And then Green worked in a, kind of a shot in reference to that in his post-game presser last night. So I these whatever we think about these, these are the conversations that even the people involved are having. I'm really glad you brought this up because I've been thinking about Draymond Green talking about how the new media is coming and how he's the new media. And I think that that's great for him, um, you know, as Michigan State journalism uh, degree holder. I mean, you know, further the cause, Draymond, that would be great. But I think that, like, he is already falling into the same pitfalls and traps that the current media does, right? Like, it's just bombastic stuff. It's picking a fight. It's like saying, don't get tricked by clickbait. You could replace the name and say, this is something that Skip Bayless is doing or Colin Coward is doing. It's like, it's kind of weird. And we, if you want to connect it to like LeBron talking about having a podcast, it's just all these players are going to use the same playbook that made Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless famous. They're just going to say that they're doing it a different way because they are players. And maybe it is a little bit different, but it's like, there's no way to reinvent the wheel. Like, everything has been tried in this media space to get to the point where you get the eyeballs and you get the attention and say what you want about skip, say what you want about Stephen a, but they figured it out. Like that's the number Mm -hmm. one model. And it's hilarious to me to watch all the players kind of follow the exact steps and the processes. Yeah. I, I mean, with LeBron, who, what is he doing with a podcast? You know, you mentioned that we were talking about it. What is LeBron going to do with a podcast? I mean, he's already got, does he, does he not get his, his words out enough when the press is talking to him every single day or when he's shooting his show on HBO? I mean, is HBO saying, no, LeBron, I don't think we should debate uh, whether Bob Cousy is better than Chris Paul. 
he he really needs another outlet. I don't know. Everybody everybody has access to speak to everyone at all times. It's just funny that LeBron's starting a podcast and Draymond Green is giving content basically to his own podcast, you know, because, you know, he's running off to he's probably going to have more thoughts on this and, and the way that we're covering it on his podcast. Yeah, the snake eats its head. The third thing that I have learned in these NBA finals. Let me check this, actually, if I learned it for sure. I have learned that Al Horford is 36 years old and that 36 year olds outside of LeBron James can not be counted on to give hall of fame efforts each and every single night. He was fantastic in game one. He crashed back to reality in game two. And here's the thing I'm really looking forward to. And I'm allowed to say this because I'm 38. We are at the end of a very long playoff run for Al Horford. Okay. Yes. There are a lot of, days in between NBA finals games and the playoffs take forever, but maybe that's not a great thing that he's been pushing his body for all these months. If I'm a Celtics fan, I'm really worried that Al Horford isn't going to have enough in the tank down the stretch here. He's consummate professional. I love what he can do, but I thought that last night was pretty alarming And especially too, because he's turned into like almost a focal point of the Celtics offense. I'm not sure he has another three explosive games in him. Are you worried about Al Horford in the same way that I am? Uh, Yeah, if I'm a Celtics fan, um, but you know, it it really shouldn't. I mean, it it had to be Horford a couple times uh, previously. But this should really be Tatum and Brown and uh, Marcus Smart. And they just, they did not, I mean, Tatum had a great first half, but he's, he may have hurt his shoulder again. Uh, Brown was, ended up being very quiet. Marcus Smart was, did not show up. Yeah, I mean, this was the game where Horford had to, had to play well and he didn't. So now it's tied. Um, Hopefully, I mean, if you're a Celtics fan, yeah, yeah, you you should be worried. Al, if your title hopes rest on a 36 year old not named LeBron James, then that's that's not a good sign. What's the last thing you've learned? Well, you stole Mike Green, so technically, I did, I, I completed the assignment. Man, I don't know. I, I like Marcus Smart's green hair. I learned that. Let's yeah, why don't you just give me a give a lightning round here? Yeah, you you learned more than four things. I like Marcus Smart's green hair too my wife walked into the room and said it looked really good and not like ironically like it just for some reason it just kind of works and I agree and I guess we could throw it out there is this the best green hair hairdo you've ever seen um I think it's got to be in the running like it looks pretty natural and it and at this point it doesn't look weird you know like it just seems to fit and it actually likes makes me like smart more as a player, uh, maybe because, you know, who doesn't love the Joker? Uh, but it's just kind of like going back to Dennis Rodman. It kind of tells you exactly what type player he is. And I like that the NBA has kind of continued with that tradition of the real gritty, grimy guys are going to go ahead and bleach and dye their hair. 
Yeah, uh, with Rodman, I don't think Rodman, his hair ever looked this cool. Um, you know, he did he experimented with a lot of things, but it was always just basically the uh, the the short, tight hair and just different designs. But, I mean, that that was more outrageous. You know, we we just weren't ready as a society. We weren't used to that kind of thing back then. So Mark Smart hair, good. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, we're we've kind of gone away from talking about how uh, he's actually like the uh, the hidden gem of the Warriors. He's settled right back into that Harrison Barnes role uh, in the finals. I don't know, how, how do you feel about how you feel about Andrew Wiggins after he had one of the greatest poster dunk dunks ever, and now he's just back to being a guy. I don't know. I don't really even know how to discuss Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know, being the number one pick, having these high expectations, when it just, I think that Andrew Wiggins shows the lack of ability we have to discuss things in nuance. Even people who kind of want to like put it in nuance and put it in perspective, like myself, it's like on one hand, yeah, is he a disappointment as a number one pick? probably but on the other hand he's a contributing player for a team that's winning championships um and is on the cusp of winning another one it's kind of like yeah he can be your fourth option and last time i checked nba teams need a fourth option like a lot of the conversation has moved to the point where big two big three big whatever and we've lamented before that nobody gets credit for doing anything but like, there's no shame in being the fourth or fifth contributor to a championship team, which Wiggins is proven himself to be capable of doing. Again, it's like rolling the dice out there. I would say he's the player in the NBA I would most like to not bet on in terms of predicting what type of game he's going to have. I was going through the Rolodex of what was available last night, and I saw some Wiggins props, and I'm like, you would have to be nuts. You would literally have to be nuts to take a Wiggins prop. He's very unpredictable. I'll close this out here with the last thing that I've learned. And it's a bit of a hot take, but maybe not entirely. So I think this thing's going seven. I think that these teams are really evenly matched. I was very concerned about the Warriors after game one, because I thought Steph shot so well and they had so many things go right for them. Tatum going three for 13 and yet the Celtics were able, able to come back and steal one. I was concerned that this was going to be Boston for one, but after last night, I kind of see them alternating games uh, until it's done and coming down to a game seven. Now, are any of those games going to be good in the sense that it's close all the way through? Can't make any promises. I would say that this postseason has been an all time dud in terms of like, engagement of close game after close game but i do think that neither one of these teams is going to rip off three wins in a row and i think that's good for the fans it's especially good for abc because they can get their a team back out there and get some indelible moments that really last because the first two games of this nba finals have felt weird and disconnected and weird and disconnected in a way that like, I feel like it didn't even feel like in the bubble. So five more games that are exciting. I'm all for it. And I think that's where we're going to go. Yeah. I, th I think that's fair. Um, 
I also think the Warriors needed a little bit of help with with the whistle in the first quarter to uh, keep it from kind of slipping away. Um, combine that with Marcus Smart not playing well uh, and Tatum being quiet and or Tatum being quiet in the second half. If if he's healthy, and I mean it's a lot of ifs, but I I, I feel like the Celtics could win this in six. You can call your kids a bozo like Draymond Green called uh, called Williams last night. Uh, we can talk about the insult bozo. I love it. Calling someone a bozo is super funny. Like uh, it's a hilarious word. Um, yeah, maybe we could just close here on the on on Green and the Draymond Green podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I here's the I don't know where any explanation of my feelings about Draymond Green is going to be long and complicated and convoluted. So maybe it's just best to say, are you in or are you out on the Draymond Green experience? If there's no shades of gray, you can only be in, you can only be out. What are you? Oh, he drives me nuts. I'm as, as someone who's not rooting for the Golden State Warriors uh, every day of his life, I am out on green. He drives me nuts. I, I'm not a fan of all those little things um, of just, I mean, the combination of being super physical and flopping the constant talk, um, no matter, you know, how well he's playing uh, the fact that he, his career has been greatly benefited by uh, being in the perfect situation surrounded by Steph and Clay and then KD where he can, I mean, any other team, Draymond Green would just, he, he would never have made an all-star team. He would just, I mean, he wouldn't be a nobody, but he, you would just, he would be on some 500 team that no one would care about. Uh, and, and, it, and then it goes back to Curry's ankles, ankle injuries that allowed the Warriors to sign him for that super team friendly deal. Just so many things have gone right for Draymond Green to be so successful as a professional player. I guess, gun to my head, I'm going to say I'm still out, but I'm getting dangerously close to being in. I could rebut all those things you said about breaks that Draymond has caught over his life with examples of him working incredibly hard and getting this from going to Michigan State and being chubby. Uh, I, it, you could make the argument that this is the only way he knows how to do it. This is the only way he would have the career that he has by playing with this edge because it maximizes his value. I don't really like his media stuff, but I kind of, if he's going to be fighting with Skip and the legacy people, it's going to be entertaining. So I'm very close to being in. This would be a major change for me. I was out on him on co in college for like three and a half years until I was finally in at the very end. And I think that's what's going to happen with his NBA playing career as well. Earning my begrudging respect, but I really, trust me, I understand it as I'm still out. Someone who's not open to ever, ever uh, maybe having that epiphany. Down, you know, I, I don't mind him as a person. He seems kind of funny. But it's just, I don't know, I, he's annoying and I'm not, I'm not a Warriors fan. I didn't, I, I didn't live in his former dorm room at Michigan State. So I, so I, I'm all right with him 
I, you know, he, he's a fine player. He's a fine player. He's just been in a good position and he's not the only person that's worked hard in the NBA. That's Steven Douglas with a closing us out on a tepid Draymond green take. You have to love it. You but can when he get starts his podcast network, he can give me a lot of money and hire me and I'll be his best friend. It is a tried and true <laughs> formula. That's Steven Douglas with a tepid take on Draymond green. You'll love to see it. Keep it tuned to the Kyle Coster show. Check out the big We're back tomorrow and the rest of the week. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.